You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What we saw over the weekend with the Australian team when it seemingly backs against the wall. Two games where things haven't gone uh, our way, and we've got this. Very unusual pitch situation. Uh, what did you make of what Australia was able to do in that third test? Well, firstly, it was huge. I mean, not only that performance in itself, but I'm sure you guys are well aware and having lots of callers and fans of cricket in general, um, you know, experts, ex-players, these sorts of things, being uproar about the disappointing nature of the first two tests and particularly the manner in which they've lost those games really yeah. inside an hour in both matches. You know, India have had yeah. some bad patches, but in an hour, we were able to lose an entire test match with batting collapses. Yep. So yep. to me, that was, you know, in itself, losing the toss firstly and being able to win over there, I feel like I'm making this start up, but it feels like 95% of teams that go over there, it doesn't matter if it's legendary or not, you really rarely win and rarely win that comprehensively in India. So... A massive achievement, and I think, personally, you're talking my cricket brain, I love the team balance that Australia committed to, and it yeah. rubs some people the wrong way. And when David Warner went down, to me, the sign of a good coach and a good, well, I guess, selection group is not necessarily going with the tried and tested, but in this moment, putting Travis Head up to the top of the order and saying, look, if he backs for 40 balls, he's going to score 50 runs. I don't care whether you look horrific. Scoring 50 mm. runs in India is incredibly valuable. So going that positive mindset and attacking the game to India, I think has had its real advantages. So, look, I'm excited about this fourth test coming up and I hope the boys can come away with a two-all result. That'll be huge. Copes, it's dangerous to um, make you know, knee-jerk reactions off one test, but did you see enough uh, in Travis Head and Uzi Kawaja if you were in charge of the lineup, would, would would you be sticking with that irrespective of who else was available for selection? See, this is the other thing that uh, I'm... I wind back in my mind to Aaron Finch when he opened in Test cricket in the subcontinent. And, and the rationale was really, really similar to the Travis Head decision. It was to get up the top, try and hurt the opposition... And largely, it is the best time to bat when the quicks are bowling um, and try and get the tempo going. Then when we came back and we played against India in Australia, Finchie was just asked to be a test opener in Australian conditions. You know, we're about to go potentially to a World Test Championship final and an Ashes away in England. It couldn't be more foreign to the conditions that we're in right now. So whilst I have seen enough, I hope that the nous is there to understand that Travis Head has been our best-performed batter. Like, in the last two home summers, he's been the player of the series. It was yeah. amazing to me that he got left out of the first test. That's another story. But I really hope <laughs> yeah. that he gets put back to the spot that has had him flourish. And whenever Steve Smith decides to retire, move Travis up to number four. And whenever he's the most senior figure outside of everyone else, he can go up to number three. But I think 
it's a horses for courses strategy that's really worked. I hope it doesn't get them caught up in the mindset that Trav then has to open in the future. Okay, so look into your crystal ball, the Test Championship final and the first Test of the Ashes. Who's opening the batting for Australia? Oh, big call. I don't know. At this stage, my gut feel is that it'll still be David Warner, provided that he's healthy. Um, But look, the the struggles, I guess, outside the double hundred in recent times, a lot of people are talking about that. But, I mean, Uzi Kawaja is the example of, you know, the age doesn't really matter. It's it's just a number. And who do I want out there fighting for me in the battle? Uh, At the moment, it's David Warner. But there's lots of guys outside of that. Um, who are putting their hand up, guys like Cameron Bancroft, Daniel Hughes and numerous others. What about this situation where the the captain of the team, unfortunately, and our wishes and prayers go out to him and his family for the challenges, he's he's not there. So Steve Smith comes in and, and they win. And there's they have this <laughs> knee-jerk reaction by some <laughs> that would point the finger and say, well, this should be the case anyway. Here is an example of it. Do you, which I don't agree with, by the way, but I don't know. I do not agree with it. But I want to get your view in regards to the captaincy and uh, what took place as any sort of indication of what potentially should happen, could happen, or should not happen. Uh, I'm going to call it a complete non-story. Within the four walls of the Australian cricket dressing room, there is no discussion to be had. It's Pat's team... Steve is a fantastic leader and, in my opinion, a real tactician. There's numerous others within that dressing room that are exactly the same. And whether mm-hmm. he has a C next to his name or not, he is there in Patsy given uh, you know, all of the advice, all of the tactical ploys behind the scenes, along with Ronnie McDonald, um, you know, numerous others. Yes, Pat is the leader, but there is seven or eight guys within that change room who are part of the decision-making process in a cricket team. So it's a non-story. You know, Pat hasn't yeah. come home. Steve is a, and has been a, an amazing test captain. Um, very good at the understanding of being proactive as a captain, moving fielders before things happen, things like that. But make, make no mistake, when Pat's captain, those conversations and those decisions are still happening. It's just mm. Pat that's activating Steve's thoughts a lot of the time. Yeah, well, mate, there's a million things we could talk to you about. We've got to get going. But you know Definitely. the first-class landscape here in Australia, you know, as well as anybody you played with and against these players who haven't yet represented Australia at, at test level. Are you prepared to give us a name or two of, of one or two who you think have got the capacity to represent with the baggy green on their head that maybe we haven't seen yet? Yeah, well, baggy green or, or in the white ball formats, I think... Sure, sure. Um, I'm going to probably stroke the ego here a little bit, Mari, and say Matty Short for the Victorians that are listening and yourself. I think uh, he's big bash and certainly his recent form for Victoria. I played against him this week. He's a guy that plays the Travis Head style. Uh, Even in red ball cricket, he takes the game on. He makes you feel like you're still in with a chance, but he can take the game away from you. And he's also got that really handy off spin that he brings to the table. Uh, I think it'll be in white ball formats to start with, but he's one guy that I think is well and truly on his way.